0: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. If your lawn has not looked quite as green and lush as usual, well, there's a reason for that. Chicago and Central Illinois are going through a dry spell. I'm Esther Yunji Kang in for Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Reset. That's right, even though it's not officially summer yet, parts of the Chicago region are experiencing a moderate drought. In fact, according to the National Weather Service, last month was one of the driest Mays in about 150 years. Scott Collis is an atmospheric scientist with Argonne National Laboratory. All right, Scott. What is going on? Where are these drought conditions?
1: Well, what's going on is it's not raining that much. Um, so, uh, a lot of DuPage County, or all of DuPage County, some of Lake, and almost all of Cook County are in a what we call a D1 level or moderate drought. Um, drought is uh, has a really interesting definition. It isn't an amount of rainfall at all, but it is simply a period of abnormally dry weather sufficiently long enough to cause hydrological imbalance. So basically it means when it's dry enough to actually have an impact on us and plant life.
0: You know, I'm also hearing that this dry spells what's called a flash drought. What exactly is a flash drought?
1: So when we think about drought, you usually think about something long-term, something seasonal, mm. you know, the California mega drought. Right. A flash drought is something where you've had like normal rainfall, everything's been going great, and all of a sudden like, it's like a switch gets turned off. And you do without rainfall and things dry out really quickly.
0: So the National Weather Service said that last month was one of the driest May's in 150 years. I mean, how, how is that possible?
1: So we only got 0.71 inches of rainfall when we normally expect about four and a half inches Mm. of rainfall. It was the fourth driest since records were taken. We only got 15% of uh, the expected rainfall. And what really happened is that we got this uh, area of really quiet weather. It's called a high pressure system that came over Chicago and it just didn't move. So winds were light. And what that actually meant was we weren't getting the moisture we need for rainfall from the Gulf of Mexico. I'm actually calling you from Boulder, Colorado at the moment, oh. where they have, they have abnormally high rainfall at the moment. Hmm. So they're getting all of Chicago's moisture instead of us. Ah, oh, Darn.
0: Well, didn't it rain last week, though? I thought we saw some rain.
1: We did, but we only saw about 0.3 of an inch. That really isn't enough. When mm. we look at some of the soil moisture data at the Argonne testbed for multi scale uh, observational sites, and also from the um, Illinois State climatologist, we can actually see that it's not only dry at the surface, you can go down to about eight inches. Deep, And we're losing moisture from those kind of layers. So when you think about it, when it rains, you actually need to recharge the water in that entire column.
0: Well, talk to me a little bit about what a drought looks like. You know, the canary in the coal mine might be farmers, but when you're in the suburbs, what do you see?
1: Yeah, so if you go out right now, you can see how the ground is kind of cracking as it um, dries out. The soil sediment kind of separates. You're seeing it in the drier lawns. So we talked before that you know it's dry at four inches, and it's even getting dry at eight inches. So the plants that are suffering the most are those short-rooted plants. The kind of good news is that you know Illinois prairie plants with their very deep roots that go down into that clay subsurface layer are much better equipped to deal with drought conditions like what we're in right now.
0: Well, for the gardeners among us, are there certain plants that might be more vulnerable to to these dry conditions than than others?
1: Yeah, and they're the short-rooted kind of plant, so especially anything in a planter, for instance, um, anything that is is fairly new, so it doesn't actually have a long root stem right now that you want to keep the water up to, but uh, very, very much, as you pointed out in your intro, is uh, Chicago's green leafy suburbs are not so, well, at least the lawns aren't that green right now
0: yeah, Scott. You know, when we see more severe droughts in Arizona, for example we we hear about residents being banned from watering mm-hmm. those those lawns. What does it mean here that we're seeing moderate drought conditions throughout Illinois? Is there an impact on residents day to day?
1: Um, So again, that really depends on who you are and where you live and and how much you're actually able to water as well. This is a a really classic example of something we call environmental justice, where um, the impacts of climate and climate change really do not affect the suburbs of Chicago and some of our uh, inner city neighborhood areas uh, equally because not everyone has uh, the ability to pay for increased water bills for keeping uh, their suburbs green and leafy.
0: Well, you know, one of the areas that have seen some sort of changes is in Gibson City in central Illinois. Mm -hmm. They've declared restrictions on on water Mm -hmm. use and they're prohibiting residents from watering their lawn. Um, How bad do things have to get before other cities in the state take similar action?
1: And that really comes down to the availability of uh, water as well. So I'll give you a classic example is that, you know, I, you know, I like to water my lawn. So what I'll tend to do is, you know, save some washing up water mm. and use that. Um, there are actually cool ways of using grey water. We, we actually don't need to water our lawn with the same water that's fit for drinking. Mm. So um, we are very lucky in the city of Chicago that we draw our water from Lake Michigan. And when you think about Lake Michigan, the catchment for Lake Michigan is only this really thin sliver in Illinois. Most of the water Mm -hmm. that goes into Lake Michigan actually falls in Michigan State and in Indiana itself. So um, it has a really large area of water it can draw from, making it a little more robust to drought than, say, people who are on groundwater.
0: Yeah, so we are very lucky to have Lake Michigan here with us. But, you know, what about those smaller rivers and uh, streams around the state? Are we seeing effects of the drought there?
1: Yeah, we are. They are definitely running a lot lower and that can have uh, big impacts for health of ecosystems. Um, Folks know in Chicago, when we come into spring, you can hear those spring peepers, those frogs everywhere. (laughs) Um, Our ecosystems are highly reliant on those ephemeral water systems and they had a very short season this year.
0: Scott I'm wondering about this you know there it didn't snow a ton this this past winter uh-huh. so does the lack of that precipitation have anything to do with the current dry conditions
1: It does. See, we actually got a reasonable amount of precipitation this winter, but it was mainly in the form of rainfall. Now, rainfall, it can run off, it can evaporate. um, But when you get a really decent snowpack, it's basically like charging the batteries Mm. for spring. It kind of goes into a bank that you can pull on later and then it melts into uh, March and April, giving you this nice, long soak of the soil. It also insulates the soil from some evaporation as well. So part of the reason why we saw this really quick dry out, as well as the weather systems, of course, it was we really didn't have that deep reservoir of moisture because of a lack of snowpack.
0: Well, I'm a little worried. I mean, we've seen a few hot days, but the hotter months are are still to come. How tricky is it to predict what will happen
1: it's very tricky. This uh, predicting more than about a week or two out is in this region we call seasonal to subseasonal forecasting, and it's hard to do with much accuracy. But what we can do is we can look at statistics. Um, so we know from looking at the climate models that we run, the Department of Energy and other places, that um, the Chicago region is actually expected to get a little moister, a little more rainfall in a future climate. But the key is we're expecting to get more of our rainfall in less storm systems. So that actually means our future climate really does seem like more heavier rainfall systems and then flash droughts between. But there is some good news. Um, Long-term weather forecasting is seeing more of a return to normal, maybe starting um, around the weekend. But the, the challenge of why this is such a difficult thing to predict is the big question is, are these simulations that are being run capturing the current dry state we have right now accurately?
0: You know, we've been talking about the drought, but I also want to ask you about something a lot of us are getting um, alerts uh, on our phones, and that has to do with air quality. My weather app shows an air quality alert in effect for Cook County. What can you tell us about what's going on there?
1: Yeah, well, um, this is actually an impact of some of the wildfires that are happening in the Canadian province of Quebec. Um, while the winds are quite still at the surface here, which is leading to these drought-like conditions, we are getting um, a deep northerly flow that is actually directing that wildfire smoke over us that layer of smoke actually almost looked like it was cloudy when I was flying out of Chicago yesterday but when you got above about uh, 3,000 meters or about you know a-, a thousand feet you could actually see that that was actually all smoke now some of that smoke or particulate matter that's anywhere between a tenth of a million of a meter in diameter about a one one millionth of meter in diameter, it can slowly fall down and that can actually lead to bad air quality okay. in our region.
0: Okay. Well that's atmospheric scientist Scott Collis with the Argonne National Laboratory. Scott, thanks so much for breaking that down for us.
1: Always a pleasure, Esther. Stay well.
0: This episode of Reset was produced by Meha Ahmad. It was edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. Stay up to date on the latest news in your region—from weather to politics to culture—by making this podcast part of your daily media diet. Subscribe and take Reset on the go with you throughout your day. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. Thanks for listening, and let's talk again soon.
1: Rain is hot.